1: Welcome to episode 87 of Maximize Your Influence. This is Steve Olson. and I have Kurt Mortensen with me on his cell phone because he has a problem somewhere between his computer and his chair with
0: Skype or something like that. Is that right? Well, my brain and Skype and something. And anyway, there's a disconnect somewhere. It's not working. Hey, but technology is not perfect. We're here. We're dedicated to the cause. We'll make it happen.
1: Skype is one of those things that is so awesome and so terrible at the same time. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's with most technology. When it's working, we're loving it. But when there's a glitch, it's Ooh. enough to give you an aneurysm.
1: It sells you down the river hard. <laughs> yeah. So we're here recording. Uh, Kurt is headed off to do some more training in the Middle East next week. But we will still publish an episode. That is the level of our dedication to you, listeners. And I know that you love it. So what what's the training like in uh, Dubai, you said, right, next week?
0: It gets first in, in Qatar, doing one in English and then a couple in Arabic and then off to Abu Dhabi and then Dubai, doing some train the trainer and some charisma training for some other audiences. So it should be good and warm, even though it's not the warmest time of, <laughs> of year, it's a lot warmer than we're used to. Uh,
1: yeah, it is known for that. It is known for that. Well, safe travels, you know, do a great job and... Don't commit any cultural blunders, which y- <laughs> you, you might over
0: there. Who knows? I think it's next to impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> I'm a blunder type guy. B, there's so many differences in the rules and the culture that it's bound to happen. So hopefully they stop me before it gets too bad.
1: Are they going to do the thing where they divide the room and put a curtain down the center for men and women?
0: Uh, I don't know. They don't do that so much in Dubai. I know Saudi Arabia does that. And uh, I don't know what Cutter's going to do, but... or. Qatar as we say it, or Qatar as they say it. So I'm not sure on that one. I'll have to update you. I think you're going
1: to the most secular places of the Middle East, so they probably won't do the curtain thing. But yeah, if you go to Saudi Arabia, they're known to practice strictly the the religion over there, meaning a curtain down the center.
0: It does seem that way, but I'll give you the full update, let you know what happens. Well, we got a lot of listeners in Iran. When are you going to go to Iran? I mean, while you're over there. It's right across the water. That's the one thing I didn't realize the first time over there that it's all beachfront. (laughs) It's all sand. Yeah. It's all beachfront.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got a lot of sand and a lot of shoreline equals beachfront, right?
0: Yeah. Beautiful part of the world in its own way. And we'll see. I'll have to go visit some of the Iranians, a little invite to come on over.
1: As we continue to put our show on the NSA's radar. (laughs) That's
0: right. Yeah. They're listening. Thank you, NSA.
1: I've actually been kind of on a little bit of a Middle Eastern food kick lately, believe it or not. Oh, yeah? What have you yeah. been eating? I've been eating. Uh, there's, there's this place near where I look at a lot of houses, and it's called uh, O'Falafel, and it's they've got this beef shawarma that I'm really liking. So it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm totally into it. And then I have this one with this basmati rice and eggplant and this funky chickpea-type sauce. With chicken, I've been liking it. It's been different, and I've been eating way too much of it lately.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm telling you, the food over there is awesome, and it's very different because the Egyptians have their food, and Iranian food is very different from Iraqi food, which is different from food in Dubai, but it's really good. Great barbecue, great meat, good taste and stuff. So, there's our food plug for the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, different flavors and spices that we're not used to in the Western U.S., but they, they totally grow on you, and then you, you find yourself start craving it. So, we're getting a little cultured and sophisticated on the podcast today. There's a first time for everything. Don't worry, we'll be back to baby back ribs next week.
0: get yeah, one week of an educated palate. <laughs> yes, we
1: have to pretend occasionally, <laughs> but that only gets us so far. Only gets us so far. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, we'll see through it soon. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> well, I understand you. Uh, you and Steve Urkel have teamed up and have an article all set for us for today.
0: I do. Go Urkel. Go, Urkel. (laughs) All right. So this one is from Claire Nana. She's talking about three things we can learn from successful people. And that's kind of, I guess, maybe a dud title because that's how people become successful. They mentor with others. They look at others. And she came up with some interesting points that's always good to talk about because success is an open book test. And here are some of the answers. So she talks about, okay, what leads to success? Is it who you know? Is it because you see something different? Do you think differently? So here are the three things. The first one, she noticed that successful people, they see things from multiple perspectives, that one person's loss is another person's gain, that we separate our strengths and our weaknesses from what we're doing and how we compare ourselves to other people. And I think that's an interesting point because it seems like, in psychology or our mindset, we always compare our weaknesses to other people's strengths and we always look bad versus comparing our strengths to other people's strengths. And so she pointed that out as something that was very important. And when we feel like giving up, they keep on going. They see things differently and from multiple perspectives. So that's number one. But all right, number two is small changes lead to bigger changes. Yes, yes. Sometimes progress is three steps forward, and she says 17 steps back, and we know that as entrepreneurs, and I like to tell people it's a lot like the stock market. It's never linear, and that's what frustrates people is they want this linear line of weight loss, this linear line of wealth, this linear line of success, but we all know through life's experiences it's a couple up, couple down, couple up, but hopefully as the stock market it's going up most of the time, and she says keep track of those changes that you're moving forward most of the time. There'll be some setbacks. And eventually you'll make it, so that was number two.
1: so much you know, of that Kurt is about success is where are you putting the finish line right? <laughs> because that's true you know, that linear thing you know you would always be successful, but yeah, in, in the real world, things don't work out, things go wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a complete failure. You know, the other team's going to score a touchdown every now and then.
0: and that's the thing. Is it realistic? Where is that finish line? Are you still moving forward? I was reading this business book, I'll remember the title here in a second, about how most successful businesses, they're successful because they had enough money for the second idea to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. thought that was really interesting, and I think that goes in line here. Third one is almost everything is transient. What worked yesterday might not work today, and the main thing you have to deal with is dealing with the change, because it will change, it will change. and We know that with marketing, we know that with lead generation, we know that with seminars, we know that with training. We know that with real estate, everything changes and your ability to adapt to it and be okay, it's going to change. Next week's going to be a little bit different, but you can adapt to that change. And that was a characteristic of a very successful person.
1: Ultimately, it's uh, between the ears, right? I see that so much when I, I go out to all these different cities in America and we go look at houses and the houses we look at are usually beat up. They're usually trashed. And it gets that way And forgive me, audience, I might offend people, which that's nothing new, but ultimately a house gets that way because somebody didn't have enough money, right? Maybe there's exceptions. I totally get it. But if somebody has money, they maintain the house to a certain standard generally. So that leads us into areas where the income is low. We interact with people with low income. And the funny thing is, is the more I see it, the more I realize that We've got all kinds of colors and backgrounds and shapes and sizes of these people, but it's the between the ears thing that matters and sets them apart and breaks people out of that poverty mindset. Because we're all born and we all get dealt a different hand, right? Some people got the two of clubs and the four of diamonds and they got a really crappy hand when they were born. And other people got born with the silver spoon, as we say, but that doesn't prevent that if the mindset isn't there the guy born with the silver spoon he ends up poor and the guy born poor with the really crappy hand dealt to him if he's right between the ears or gets there then he's the one who gets the silver spoon that's where it all starts from you said that whole thing about they made enough money for the second idea to work if you don't have the right mindset there is no second idea you gave up you view yourself as a failure and you view yourself as a victim
0: that's exactly right that whole millionaire psychology that mindset your ability to bounce back, your ability to be persistent, because a lot of entrepreneurs really aren't the smartest people. They aren't the sharpest knife in the drawers, but they were persistent. They worked through it. They followed these traits, and they made it happen.
1: Didn't Bill Barnett uh, write that book called Dumb Enough to Be Rich?
0: Yeah, he did. Great title.
1: That's a great (laughs) title, because you really do have to be kind of dumb to be persistent sometimes, because if you're too smart, you might think, oh, I'm wasting my time here. And Hey, you might be right in many cases, but sometimes it just requires just a whole bunch of persistence, and you got to be the mule and just put your head down and keep on going, even though the evidence is
0: against you. That's true. Because if you're too smart, you'll talk yourself out of it. <laughs> you'll <laughs> I know. realize how much work it's going to be. The more you
1: think about that title of that book, the more you realize how applicable it is. You're like, wow, he's right. I mean, you got to be a little bit stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: More people do the offense list, but hey, we'll take it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Here's to your stupidity, listeners. We hope your IQ takes a dive uh, as a result of listening to the show, and then you'll make a bunch of money, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it works. (laughs) Oh, we're off the rails. Okay, so anything else from the article you want to add add on, Kurt?
0: No, those were the main three, but the big ones, of course, are change, different perspectives, and uh, again, that mindset thing is huge. I mean, we can talk about Think and Grow Rich and all the books. that talks about Millionaire Next Door. It all comes back to mindset. That's what they all talk about. But the challenging thing, it's the one that everybody works on last.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a quick fix. There's got to be a, an industry I need to be in or a a quick slick sales technique that I need to use. But the, the mindset of of persistence really is is the key. So thank you for sharing the article, uh, Kurt and Mr. Urkel, our awesome sound effect that is world renowned by now, or at least in, in Iran. Maybe they know what Urkel is now. Maybe that's the quickest way to correct the situation over there. Get them exposed to Urkel and that kind of pop culture.
0: That'll give them a lot of respect for our country.
1: Yeah. How can you not think that's awesome? Yeah. 1990s oh, yeah. American sitcoms. I mean, if that doesn't do it for you. So, that's right, yeah, that's that's terrible. So, let, let's go on here. <laughs> let's talk about something that the people actually tune in for and – go ahead and go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We're talking about the persuasion IQ test and the various questions that inevitably lead to Kurt and I talking about some persuasion principles that you find helpful. Despite our self-deprecating humor, we actually do get mail from you guys saying, hey, we like the show, we liked what you talked about, and we get questions, and you're welcome to keep sending us questions to MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. Or if you have ninja nominations or blunder nominations, I mean, I should add, if you just if you really don't like somebody, I mean, you can literally get us to make fun of them on the show for you. You should send them in as a blunder. I mean, that's great.
0: First, middle, and last name, please.
1: First, middle, last name, last four digits of the social. We'll do all your dirty work for you here on the show. So nominate them as a blunder at maximizeyourinfluence at gmail.com. So, Kurt, we've got a question for you. You feeling ready? I'm feeling it. Go for you, it. You crack your neck. You're all stretched out. Okay. Coming at you with this one. When you come to the main pivotal point of your presentation, you should A increase your volume, B slow down, C decrease your volume, D speed up, or E mirror and match.
0: The answer on that one is slow it down.
1: I see what you did there.
0: <laughs> That's right, you like that? That's impressive. That <laughs> That is the key, because we've talked about this before. The speed, the overall rate, increases energy, enthusiasm. We like people that talk fast. Not the proverbial fast talker, but those have an overall average rate that's pretty fast. It keeps people's attention. But when you're grabbing them in, when you're getting to that point, when you want to pull them in, when you're ready to close, studies have shown that when you slow it down, it brings people in and actually more attentive.
1: More attentive. So we want to talk fast for all of the presentation except for the main pivotal point. Do you just kind of lead into that or is it just literally the main sentence that you want to focus most on? Can you elaborate for us?
0: Well, there's a couple things you can do to grab their attention is the old, and I'm not sure why they call it a pregnant pause, but when you do pause, just like I did, or even longer, It grabs people's attention. Slowing it down brings them in, especially like the main point after a story or right when you've asked that closing question. Now, remember when we talk about rate, that the average person is speaking about 150 to 180 words per minute. Our mind cruises at 400. So the faster you speak, it keeps their attention, increases the enthusiasm and the charisma, but it can't sound like that. You're still speeding up and slowing down throughout the presentation. But at the moment where you really want to grab them, you're bringing them in, you're you're making that point with the story. That's when you're kind of, that's when you're using a pod, You're slowing it down. It just brings them in. It's just, it just changes things up. And then the brain's like, oh, something's different, and it tends to listen a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it it really brings that emotion together to to a peak to get the person to make the decision. You see that with auctioneers, right? They they do the fast talking, you know, to have four or four to five, the and when you get down to a couple of people and it's go time, they inevitably have to slow down and they go from one person to the other and, and everybody zeros the focus into the moment of the truth, to the moment of the decision.
0: That's exactly right. They bring it in, it's a change of pace, it's something different. I want to use that rate and that energy throughout the presentation, but when you're making a point, when you want to grab their attention or you've even lost their attention. A lot of times a great pause or slowing it down or doing something a little bit different tells the brain that something's up people tend to pay attention a little bit more.
1: And we've talked on podcasts before about the fact that when you're presenting to somebody, it's kind of you've got that one bullet in the gun, right, of the call to action. And if you make that call to action and then there's a bunch of goofy questions from the audience and there's a bunch of stuff happening after the fact, you lose all the momentum of that emotion and really that's what you're trying to enhance by slowing down the pivotal point of the presentation that inevitably that main pivotal point should be towards the end if not the very end right
0: exactly they know exactly what they need to do everything's come to that point where you're asking them for money send them to the back of the room whatever you need to do but absolutely that has to be really monitored to make sure it works out exactly how you planned.
1: Yeah, that call to action with everything slowed down and and I think too coming off of that, pivoting off of that, is the fact that in sales, in persuasion, really it you you should never end a conversation with a prospect without it being very clear in both of your minds as to what's next. We give these calls to action many times and it's kinda of like, oh, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> right. And and the worst the prospect says to you, oh, yeah, I'll get back with you in the next couple of weeks. Talk about the kiss of death, right?
0: Yeah.
1: In that case, the prospect made it clear to you what's next, which is nothing, right? <laughs> I'll call yeah. you it never on uh, the 12th of never. And so you've got to get your their permission as to what the follow-up is going to look like. You've got to define what the next steps are going to be so that you can maintain control over that sales cycle. Otherwise, slowing down making your point pivotable, only only to have them tell you what's going to happen next and delay and delay and delay is just that that's a non-starter.
0: Yeah, with your call to action, it shouldn't surprise them that you're asking them to do business with you. It shouldn't surprise them that there are certain steps you want them to take. Take control of it and, and listen to yourself. Record your voice. That's an important thing you can do whether you're doing something over the phone or if you're doing something face-to-face, try to record it. But one of the reasons this ke- tends to come up is one of the complaints that your prospects have is that when you're getting to that close, your demeanor changes, you're speaking a little faster, you're showing more nervousness, this is the time to ask for money. No, this is the good stuff. This is where you're asking for money. This is why you're there. This is why you spend 30 minutes with them. Don't let your demeanor change. or persuade the whole time. Slow it down a little bit more on the call to action. Make sure they're listening and it'll make a big difference in your ability to persuade and influence.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Anything else on this IQ question before we move it on to the ninja?
0: Just an interesting study. Uh Peter Blank did some studies with judges in California. And in the judicial system, if someone's going on trial and they've had previous felonies or they've been convicted for various things, the, the judge can't bring it up or the lawyers can't bring it up. But they did notice that the judges knew about these previous convictions. They knew that they probably were guilty, and the jury would pick it up, not because the judge said something about it, but they could sense it in their voice that when they gave instructions to the jury, the words And tone of voice lacked warmth, patience, and tolerance, as they Mm. called it. And they tended to convict them a lot more. Even though they didn't reveal the information as fact, it was revealed subconsciously through his voice. So verbal packaging, the way you say things, your rate of speech, critical in persuasion.
1: Well, that's pretty interesting. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I always laughed about that in court. You see these TV court dramas and things where, One of the attorneys will just spout something off that he shouldn't say. And the judge says, the jury will disregard that. I always laugh like, oh, okay, well, they get it. They just go back and delete that portion of the hard drive. They heard it. It's too late, (laughs) right? And you see attorneys doing this as a tactic, knowing that the judge is going to tell them to forget it. But it got said. They can't forget it.
0: Not only that, the studies show they did studies on that specific thing. They get awarded more money because the jury puts more value on it because they were told to forget it. (laughs) yeah right right (laughs) so it's it's a play all the way around it's interesting science
1: it's it's total total reverse psychology when i tell my kids don't do that what's the one thing they want to do most more than anything
0: exactly don't eat your vegetables (laughs) yeah
1: the judges should do that right you know the the jury will please above all things please remember and take into consideration what the attorney just said
0: let it backfire on the attorney a little bit. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kurt. Well, we've got a ninja. Can you cue the ninja? Ninja, go! At the risk of being obnoxious, which I managed to do anyways, so I'm just going to lean in it today, I would like to feature myself as the ninja because... Oh, really? Yeah, really? yeah, Yeah, that's they obnoxious, do you huh? Do
0: back- the sound backwards or...? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're, you're going to try to edit that sound out now. You think I don't deserve
0: All right. it. <laughs> All right. We'll see if you're really the ninja. If you just. Yeah. It today.
1: I'm not that special. I happen to be uh, doing real estate in the middle of a very hot market right now. So it's easy to look good when in reality, it's just a hot market. But I did make my client an extra $10,000 the other day on on a deal because I knew the market and I knew what was happening. And this goes to everybody listening. How well do you know your product? How well do you know your market? How well do you know what your position is in the negotiation that you're in? And in this instance, I was a listing agent on a piece of property for sale. And I'll give some of the real numbers here. But we had the property listed for $230,000. And it was really well done by my client, full remodel, and it was quite popular. It almost melted my cell phone when I put it on the market because so many people called. We got a full price offer, very excited about it because we thought we'd be lucky to get a full price offer. But I looked at what was available on the market and I looked at all the calls I was getting and I thought, you know, we might do better than this. So I got the offer from my client and I sat on it. I said, you know what? This thing doesn't expire until this evening. You know, why hit send? I don't have to. I know they're there. I know we got them. Let's see what else comes in. And sure enough, that day, two more offers came in for over $10,000 above what that previous offer was because of my, my knowledge and my belief in what the market was going to do and being patient. In negotiation, you can't get emotional. Sometimes it's easy to go, hey, you know what, let's take this deal. We got a deal. Good, good, good. But you could do better if you put a little bit of ice in your veins and you're patient and You know where your stance is, and and what really the market wants at the time, you're gonna get a better deal. And so uh, my client thinks I'm awesome. They think I did a great job, and I did in this instance, made them a lot of extra money. So I'm a, I'm a ninja. I think so. May I get to put on my black mask and make karate chop noises today?
0: <laughs> all right, I'll give you four and a half points and a. All right, we'll give make it a full ninja. I just say three quarter ninja award, but we'll give you a ninja. That's great. New the market, extra ten k for a couple hours of work goes a long way so we'll give you the ninja good job
1: it's tempting to accept that it's tempting to go we got a deal everybody's going to get paid everybody's about to be happy but uh, you know just hanging on a little bit longer that could have just as easily come back to bite me <laughs> that's why i <laughs> i kind of qualified it with you know i i just happen to be in the middle of a good market right now so well there you go that's the ninja for the day we talked about the persuasion IQ study and the question. So you've got that. Go to maximizeyourinfluence.com and scroll all the way to the bottom if you would like to take the persuasion IQ test. And also, shameless plug moment for universityofpersuasion.com. You can go there. You can get access to more of the podcasts. And by the way, I would like to issue an ominous warning mm. to the listener base. I slowed down my vocal tone to enhance the effect of my I ominous like that. warning.
0: <laughs> yeah. worn on.
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to need you to find some kind of a sound
0: effect. Can you do that? Ooh, I think I, even, I think I might have that.
1: Yeah, for an ominous warning. Yeah, that's good. Guess what the ominous warning is? Is the first 50 episodes of Maximize Your Influence are about to become premium content. Cue the ominous warning. Ooh. Like yeah. So you actually will have to uh, be a subscriber to universityofpersuasion.com. Uh, in order to access that stuff. And guess what? It's super easy, and there are some options to do it for free. We're not asking you to do anything crazy here. So you better hurry up and download those if you still want them uh, without being a member. Anything you want to add to that, Kurt?
0: No, great place to go. You have access to all the podcasts, less than the cost of a, what was it, a Honda Civic? And uh-huh. most of the training is free too. So there's a lot of great stuff you can learn from it. Great place to go. Great
1: resources. Sounds great, everybody. Thanks for listening Kurt, good luck on your trip to the Middle East. We will record a show and let it loose while you are out changing the world in the Middle East. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next week on Maximize Your Influence.
0: See you next week.